something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind-the-scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Episode 54, How to Improve Your Relationship with Money with America's Life Coach, Stephen Lovegrove. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. In his landmark book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill once said, there are no limitations to the mind except those we acknowledge. Both poverty and riches are the offspring of thought. And I know that that's a hard thing to accept if you're a person who has been in blame around your money situation for many years. It's easy to blame our finances on the government, on a broken economy, on our employer that doesn't pay us what we're worth. Yet, as is the case with any major life transformation, it happens from the inside out. So we really want to help you master your inner game this week so that you can create an empowered relationship with money and attract more of it. So to help us do this, I called up one of the best people I know to have the conversation with, our friend Stefan Lovegrove. It's his second time on the podcast. He's known as America's Life Coach. He takes entrepreneurs, celebrities, and world leaders to the next level. And over the course of the next 40 minutes, he is going to drop so many nuggets of wisdom on you that could forever shift your money paradigm. Some of the things we're going to discuss this week is how to know if you're in avoidant attachment or anxious attachment when it comes to your relationship with money. Why struggle is not required when it comes to building a healthy relationship and a wealthy bank account, where many of our stories about money really come from. He'll tell us why shaming yourself for your past with money won't get you to a better space financially, and why treating debt as a jail you need to punish yourself for isn't the right life approach. He'll tell us why you don't really have a debt problem as much as an income problem, and how adding the right income is the true way to build 
building the best relationship with money. Plus, we'll discuss why harnessing your zone of genius brings you true wealth and prosperity in all aspects of your life. This is going to be such an amazing conversation. I truly believe that if you come with an open heart and an open mind this week, that this episode could change your life. And if you're loving the content you hear, please let Stefan and I know you're listening. You can screenshot the podcast, upload it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason, and you can find him at Dr. Lovegrove. Be sure to share this with the people in your life, especially the ones you know who are really trying to get back up on their feet financially in 2019. And if you're so moved to do so, we would love for you to leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It helps us get this message out to more people. So you can do that at Apple Podcast or just give us a follow here on the iHeartRadio app. Get ready. This is going to be such an inspirational, life-changing 40 minutes with America's life coach, Stefan Lovegrove. Stefan Lovegrove, my friend, welcome back to Life Amplified. So good to be back. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to and to be on. And I just, I love you so much. So welcome back to me. I'm very glad to be here. I've been so lit up. I woke up this morning just so stoked because I truly believe that this conversation we're going to have today is going to create a quantum leap in somebody's life. You and I, you know, we do similar work coaching and we've heard a lot of the similar stories out there. And most of the things that keep people stuck, whether it be in a soul-sucking shitty job that they hate, sometimes in a toxic marriage that no longer serves them, but certainly keeps them from moving forward into creating their own life amplified is this story around money. I wanted to talk a little bit, I guess, to start today, just about how we even build a relationship with money. Because I think for somebody listening today, you hear the word relationship, you think about mom and dad, you think about your partner, you think about your friends, maybe your pet. But some people don't even realize that we have a relationship with money. Might be good. It's usually kind of shitty. How do we end up creating that relationship and how do we heal it? if we feel that money has just become a huge burden and a weight on our shoulders in our life? First of all, let me just say, we all do have a relationship with money. So whether somebody is on an entrepreneurial path or not, this is a relevant topic for everybody. And I share the same excitement with you and the feeling that this is really going to be a quantum leap for people. It's funny because for me as a coach, Nobody wants to talk about this particular relationship, right? They'd rather talk about their career or their marriage or their dreams or let's not talk about money because most people, and certainly I would say the average American, this is not a fun thing to talk about. But ironically for me, it's actually one of my favorite conversations to have because I realize it's one of the biggest opportunities for healing for people. And so here's the analogy that I always use here, Dan. You know, in those romantic comedies, you'll have two characters and let's say they live down the hall from one another, but they are not on good terms. They keep annoying each other and they just don't get along. And one day they both happen to be riding the elevator at the same time and the elevator breaks down. And now these two neighbors who are not on good terms and have been in complete avoidance now have to sit there with one another for four hours until the elevator gets fixed. That's truly how I feel most people are with money, that this is a relationship that whether they like it or not, we live on an economic planet and they have this relationship in their life. It's not good. And most people, I would say, are exactly the word I use. They're in avoidance. 
how do you know if you're in avoidance? I'll help you figure this out in the first two minutes of the show. <laughs> you are in avoidance if you do not open bank or credit card statements or accounts ever. Right. You are in avoidance if you have no clue what debt you have or where you are in paying it off. You are in avoidance if you are not sure how much money you are bringing in or how much money is going out at any time. I could go on, but the bottom line is most people seem to be in avoidance with this area of their life. And I think step one for all of us then is, we almost got to get stuck in the elevator by choice and say, you know what, this may not be fun. This may not be easy. This may not be comfortable work to do, but I really need to look at this relationship in my life and I need to sit with it and I need to figure out what's going on here. Because just like any other relationship, sometimes we bring in our past trauma into a romantic relationship, right? We bring that right. in from one career to the next. You've had an instance where you've been in a romantic relationship and you say something and your partner gets triggered and you don't even know why they're angry, but there's like this visceral reaction. And we bring a lot of baggage and trauma into this relationship with money. Most of it is generational. There's so many messages that we get early on growing up as kids about either what it means to have money, what it means to not have money. We get messages about what it means when other people have it and we don't. How do we get clear on what is real when we look at the reality of our finances versus what is some stuff that our parents told us? Because we grew up in a home where we were told money doesn't grow on trees or that we grew up in a home where they quoted Bible scripture and used that as a reason to say it wasn't spiritual to have money. Yeah, well, I would say the most real place that we could start is this truth. Struggle is not required. Mm. That's where I begin. Struggle is not required. Struggle is a story and a pattern that gets passed down. But it is not an objective reality that you must experience. It is simply not required. And, you know, Dan, I think there's two places that people get the harmful money ideas, thoughts, and beliefs from. One is childhood. And you're absolutely right. For a lot of people, it's parents, it's family, it's relatives, and how they were raised. But I would also add to that, it's also culture. I don't remember hearing a lot about money one way or the other from my immediate family. But something that I always point to as just a memory of where I was at financially and what I was hearing at the time, when I was home from work, in my first job right after college, and I was home for five months because of an injury. I remember I would watch TV in the daytime. And if you just ever pause and listen to the programming, listen to these daytime shows, listen especially to the commercials, the entire narrative is one of struggle, right? People who got screwed over and people in bankruptcy and people getting evicted. And, and the narrative of struggle is so prevalent. And so I think sometimes it comes from childhood and I think sometimes it comes from culture to recognize this is not an objective fact of life. This is a pattern that's been passed down to me. I think there is so much power in that because there's a lot of people listening today and this is so deeply ingrained in you that you actually just believe this is how life works. And yet the reality is there are so many people having a different experience. You don't have to struggle. 
You had a point on social media recently, and it's actually how you and I engaged on this topic and decided to record a podcast. When you talk about the media, there are a lot of people who are the quote-unquote financial gurus who are the experts in the space on finances who also perpetuate those feelings of stress and lack and panic around money. Can you speak a little bit, we don't have to name names today, but to the video that you watched recently and how it really changed the conversation for you on how you approach this with clients? Long story less long here. Uh, I ended up watching a video on YouTube from a very popular financial guru. And based on the last numbers that I've read, 12 million people are listening to or watching this guru every single day, getting advice from them. So, you know, naturally, Dan, I work with people all across America and around the world on, among other things, their relationship with money. I wanted to know what are 12 million people in this country (laughs) listening to when it comes to their finances? And I have to tell you, I made it through almost the whole video, but not without literally feeling anxious, feeling afraid, feeling a sense of dread and discouragement and angst. And by the time this video ended, I literally had to drink some tea and I felt sick to my stomach. And I I just thought, I got to turn this off. This is atrocious. And I have the best relationship with money and experience with money I've had in my entire life. So I'm sitting there thinking, if this video got to me that much, where would I have been at? You know, if this video came to me several years ago in the height of my money struggles and what I was experiencing as a struggle at the time, this video would have destroyed me. I don't want to go into it any more than that, but all I'll say is, even though the advice given in this video was supposedly, quote unquote, the right advice or the right counsel, the energy of this video was worry, stress, fear, anxiety, struggle, suffering, and punishment. Underneath that, isn't it also like a huge amount of shame? We carry so much shame around money, don't we? Absolutely. And the majority of people calling in, there was an energy of guilt or shame created about, well, you should never have gotten into that much student debt. Well, you should never have bought those things. Well, you should never have made those decisions. All I know from a coaching perspective is if we begin from that place energetically, it's not going to end well. You know, I always quote Elizabeth Gilbert as saying, guilt is the ego's way of making us think we're making progress when we're really not. There's a lot of people, and this is a light bulb for millions of people today. There's a lot of people who believe if they guilt, shame, and punish themselves enough, for their past decisions with money, they'll get to a better space with money. And unfortunately, I have to tell you, it never works. Oh, one more time. If you guilt or shame yourself enough for your past decisions, that somehow you're going to get to the other side and be in a better place. That's what so many people believe. And all it does is perpetuate more of the shame cycle, right? Right. Well, so here's the tricky thing about guilt. And somebody's listening to this for money, but this is actually a revelation about guilt that goes far beyond this one area. Anytime you buy into guilt, guilt operates at the level of cause. And we know the law of cause and effect is always in motion. We know cause and effect is always at play. And we are at the level of cause in our lives, as you've heard Dan talk about. So if we institute guilt and buy into guilt at the level of cause, the effect it always carries with it 
is punishment. And so the problem is, if you believe that you're guilty when it comes to money, you must end up punishing yourself. And that's the cycle you're going to stay in. And that's true for guilt in any area, including relationships, including career, including sex, including anything. When you buy into guilt, someone has to be punished and you end up punishing yourself. So it's it's a very toxic pattern to get in with our money. The way this would play out in reality, because I've heard this story so many times, the people who went and got that master's degree and they took out loans thinking that the master's degree was either going to make them feel enough or help them advance in their career. And it didn't get the desired results, but then they shame themselves and beat themselves up. Oh, now I have all this debt and it keeps them in that low vibration where, you know, it just keeps them focused at the level of the problem. Right. And actually, I'm glad you're bringing up debt. This is one of the most practical things I think we can address today. When it comes to debt, if you view debt like a prison, as so many people have been taught to do, you can't move forward. And not only can you not move forward, it's like you won't give yourself permission to be in joy. Right. There's a lot of people who don't think they can relax and rest and enjoy their life because I I'm in this prison of debt and I need to get free from it before I can X, Y, Z. That is such an unhelpful paradigm. And I always want people to know the real story for me is that I started my business with over thirty thousand dollars of medical related debt. And I never let it stop me. And I never let it be a prison. And eventually it got paid off because I generated more income and changed my financial situation. But I really believe I would still be carrying every penny of that debt to this day if I viewed it as a prison and paused my life until I could resolve it. Oh, you are so speaking my language today. Somebody's life has changed on that one right there today. And this ties seamlessly into the next point I wanted to make while we're on the idea of debt and all the stress and the weight that we carry because of it. I know one of the things you talk about, like at the end of the day, we don't really have a debt problem. Some people might have a spending problem, but that's not even necessarily the case. For somebody who is really feeling overwhelmed financially, you believe that there's only one real problem that they have. Can you explain what that is? and how they can begin to shift their mindset there? Let's say somebody is making, for just to choose a number, we're gonna say $30,000 a year, right? Let's say somebody is making $30,000 a year. Whether or not they have $50,000 of debt, $15,000 of debt, or $150,000 of debt or greater, any of those situations, the debt is going to feel like an extremely overwhelming thing that how will we ever tackle, conquer, defeat? And yet, I'm exactly what you said. I'm going to say the core problem is not a debt problem. The core problem is an income problem, which is beyond just the debt discussion, $30,000 a year is not enough for this person for their lifestyle for their desires, for their dreams. And I think a lot of financial experts would then come in and say, well, then give up the desires, then let go of the dreams, (laughs) then adjust the lifestyle. You know that's not what I'm going to say. I'm going to say we've got to upgrade the income so that you can really have the life that you want. I believe everybody gets to have the life that they want. We were not here to be deprived. God is not depriving you. The universe is not depriving you. So 
how can we upgrade your income so you can have the life that you want? That's my question. And I really do believe if it's not everybody, it's 95% of people, this income problem is where we really need to start, not the debt. If we're going to upgrade our income, this is just my opinion. Tell me how you feel about this. Does it also require us to upgrade our expectations for our life and ourself? Because there are some people that go, well, I'm going to upgrade my income, but I'm going to go take this low-paying, soul-sucking, 50-hour-a-week job I have, and I'm going to pick up a part-time job that is equally soul-sucking, that is also not aligned with who I am, my gifts, my talents, my purpose, and I'm going to double up the stress to make pennies on the dollar for what I'm worth. That just perpetuates more of the stress. So how do we mm. upgrade the income in a way that feels good to us, that is exciting, and can really help us take a quantum leap. When I said we need to upgrade the income, I think two different groups of people heard two different things. One type of person, when I say we've got to upgrade our income, they hear me say it's about to get a lot harder. And another type of person hears me say it gets to be a lot better. Mm. And so let's unpack that. Some people, upon this idea of I need to upgrade my income, the only way they know how to do that is, well, I guess I could add two bartending jobs, work myself to death 90 hours a week, and I guess have no money or no time but more money at the end of the day, so I'm going to upgrade my income that way. That is the pattern of I'm just going to work much harder, and it's going to get a lot harder, and it's going to take a lot out of me and be you know, all kinds of struggle and strain and sacrifice, but I'll upgrade my income. That is not what I teach or what I'm suggesting today. My paradigm of upgrading your income is it gets to be better. You get to do more of what you love. You get to be in the best possible environment and situation for you. And you get to make more money than you've ever made before. That's the paradigm I'm inviting people to step into and to open up to and believe in. Not it gets to be harder, but it gets to be a lot better. So ultimately, the paradigm shift that we're talking about is taking the focus away from how do I earn another paycheck and really shifting into how do I start discovering my purpose and bring that to life? Because when I'm aligned with the purpose, I'm in a flow, the work feels easy and natural, it is fun, and it generally means that I'm solving problems for people, which will always come back to me in the form of financial abundance. Right. I really believe in this concept that Gay Hendricks introduced to the world decades ago, that we all have a zone of genius, which is where we are really most in our flow and doing what we love, but also, as you mentioned, solving problems and contributing to the world. And so what I teach my clients is the more you are in your zone of genius, the more wealth and abundance and prosperity awaits you there. And the good news about this, and I, I wish more entrepreneurs told the truth about this, the good news is you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be in your zone of genius and living in an experience of prosperity. I know many, many people who have a boss, who go to a job, who work for somebody else, who are very much in their zone of genius and prospering in it. And so please hear me today. I am not here to pitch everybody needs to become a coach or even everybody needs to become an entrepreneur. What I want to invite people to look at is how could you sink deeper into that zone of genius for you? And if you'd not only do that, but if you own it, 
and you stand in the value that you're bringing, whether it's to your clients, to your customers, to your employer, you can begin to receive more than you have before, more than you have in the past, more than you thought possible. Beautiful. One of the other things that you talk about a lot as it pertains, I guess, financially, but also as a life approach, is living in the flow of yes, that we're meant to live in a flow of yes. What does that mean, though? I'm so glad you brought this up because this gets down to what do I actually believe that money exists for, right? I don't believe money exists so that we can just accumulate it for no reason. In my life, in my experience with my clients, money is a vehicle so that we can say yes. Yes to God, source, the universe. Yes to ourselves. Yes to our passion, our purpose, our dreams. Money, from my experience and understanding, is really just something that allows us to say yes. You know, there's infinite examples I could give of saying yes, but, you know, I always think of this famous story with Louise Hay that Louise Hay wanted to do something to address and help with the HIV AIDS crisis back in the 80s and 90s. And so what did Louise Hay have the means to do? She had the means to put, I think it was a million dollars or more, into the efforts that she wanted to support to tangibly make a difference and save people's lives, right? Money enabled her to say yes. And whether we're talking about a career path you want to pursue, charity work that you want to support, a message that you want to get out to the world, money is there so that you get to say yes and move forward. And the money supports you in doing that rather than being the excuse why you can't. Somebody listening today is going, Stefan, Dan, I've said yes. I've said yes to myself. I said yes to buying the Lexus December to Remember sales vehicle for the holidays. I said yes to taking two Disney cruises with the family last year. I said yes to buying the new designer clothes. And now I got $60,000 in debt and I don't have a way to pay it off. Somebody is thinking that today. What would you say to that person? To that person, I would say the yes that really matters the most is the yes to your purpose. Mm. And if the yes Yes. you're saying is not grounded in that place, it might give you something in the short term, but it's a shallow or a superficial yes. And so one of the things I know we talked about this the last time I was on your podcast is the idea of we are meant to be creating our lives from the inside out. And that is the kind of yes I am referring to where there's a dream in my heart that won't go away or there's a desire in my heart that just keeps talking to me. What if I am meant to say yes to that? That's the kind of yes we're referring to. And, you know, Dan, there's a a quote I love that says, if you don't choose your own I ams, you're going to be at the mercy of other people's you are. With yes. a lot of the examples you just shared, I'm hearing some externally based outside in yeses where we're looking for validation or looking for some external thing to magically fix our lives. Those yeses do not end well, but that's not the yes that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the flow of yes, of saying yes to what is in your heart. And by the way, sometimes it is material things that allow and support and go along with the yes. There's no problem with that. 
get the car, get the handbag, get the house. I would love to celebrate with you for all of those things. However, you want to make sure that you're saying yes from a place of, I am walking in purpose and living from the inside out. And that is where the value and validation comes from. Not, I think this G-Wagon is going to make me happy. Or that it's going to make me look like enough to the neighbors or that I'm keeping up with the Joneses, you know, across the street. And and that brings up the point, that's not even your yes, that's somebody else's yes. And there's people listening who you've said yes to what your parents want your whole life. You've said yes to what the religion or church wants. You've said yes to what society thinks looks good. I'm talking about your own yes that may not look anything like that. You know, I'll share a story here from my own personal experience, something that I went through, because I think that sometimes one of the biggest challenges is for people, yes, it's stepping into abundance, but the moment that you really start to taste that abundance is trusting that it will stay. You know, a lot of times we talk about being avoidant with money, but the the flip side to that is having an anxious attachment with money Mm. and being afraid that money will leave you or that it will go away. I've talked a lot about on the podcast about my journey from leaving a cushy six-figure job to nearly going bankrupt to bouncing back and building this business where last year was my highest earning year as an adult, but in a way that felt really aligned and felt like I was walking in my purpose. And I made this decision last year because the months between August and September was crazy abundance in my life. I made more money in that two months than I think I made total in 2017. I was just serving a lot of people. There were many blessings. Financial abundance was happening. And I made that decision in the moment that this is where I'm going to pursue a dream that's always been important to me. I know that I thrive when I'm living on the water. I know that I've always felt a pull to come move here to San Diego. And Stefan, literally, the minute I signed the lease on this place that I'm in right now in October, I felt as if everything dried up. Like all of a sudden, all the abundance and the new opportunities and the new income generating opportunities, I couldn't see them anymore. The answers that used to be a yes that I was getting and all become a no. And it really put me into a bit of a tailspin at the end of last year where I started to question, oh my God, what if this was all a fluke? What if this me living on the beach in San Diego is just some egotistical thing for me? What if I don't really deserve that and I've stepped away? I had so many stories that didn't empower me and spun me out. And I know that that happens for a lot of people. And the irony is, is the minute that I moved here and put myself back in the energy of what I desire, everything picked right back up. And I'm having like a record month of business in January. But sometimes it's that faith piece. It is so hard to believe that the good times will last. This could be with money. It could be with relationships. This is why some people sabotage relationships. But how do we manage the inverse of the avoidance with money, which is the anxious feelings about it going away and leaving us? First and foremost, I want people to realize whether you're in avoidance or anxious attachment, Those are two sides of the same coin, which is called fear. The person in avoidance is absolutely in fear. And the fear just looks like I don't open the envelopes. I throw them away when they come in the mail, if I even check the mail, right? The person in anxious attachment is checking the account every 30 minutes, wondering why more money hasn't come in PayPal yet. That's both driven by fear. So I'm going to say two sides of the same coin, same vibration of fear either way. You don't trust it to be there for you. 
what you're describing is extremely normal for people and extremely common. And I think the reason is we have been taught that struggle is normal. So when we break out of that experience and we start to have another one, not only does it feel like a fluke, and I love that you use that word because that's, I've been there, my clients have been there, that's often what it feels like to people is a fluke, but it almost feels like you're cheating the system somehow. Like, how am I really getting away with this? I think a lot of people feel that way. And again, the reason we feel that way is that paradigm has become so normalized that it feels like, well, we must have just cheated the system for a hot minute here, but it's going to dry up soon. And so one of the most important things we've got to do is normalize the good, mm. normalize that it's supposed to be easy, normalize that it doesn't require sacrifice and struggle, normalize that we're continually making more and more, that it's continually getting better and better. This is why I often encourage clients, whoever you're working with, whoever your coach is, don't be the person that hires somebody makes a bunch of money that like you've never made before and then says, well, I'm good to go. Thanks so much. And then tries to do it on your own. You may have brought in some good, but you didn't integrate it and you didn't normalize it. Right. And so it's not a stable experience in your life yet. And that's so important. I think the most, you know, 2018 certainly taught me this. The most important work I do with my clients is often integrating and normalizing the good. There's a lot of work that you can do there. What I would, the one thing I would just offer today is this. An idea that frees people frequently with this is the idea that wealth is a frequency. Prosperity is a frequency. Abundance is a frequency. And so here's what that knowledge does for you. If you understand that, you know that the frequency is real. It already exists. It's always been there. It's always been available to you. It's always been an option and it always will be. So you can always go back to that frequency, which has always been there and has always been inside of you. When you understand that, you understand wealth is not this fleeting thing that maybe I had a moment of, but it's gonna leave and never return. No, wealth is a frequency. And anytime I go back to that truth, I can experience that because it's always been there. It's always been inside of me. It's always been available to me. These are the kinds of things we've got to understand to normalize the good and be able to keep living in it. That is absolutely incredible. And I knew that you were just going to come on and drop bombs all over the place today for people that were going to blow their minds. But let's take this back now for the person listening today who is staying in the job that's beneath them and the soul-sucking job. They're not living their purpose because they say, I can't monetize it. For the person who is avoiding and has a stack of credit card statements that they haven't opened since like Christmas of last year because they just don't want to deal with it. For the person who is obsessing over the student loan debt, what would be the first three actionable small steps that are going to help them turn things around in their life? here in 2019? What is going to make this the year they build an empowered, positive, exciting, loving, passionate relationship with money? So I have three recommendations for what I heard there is kind of three different scenarios that somebody could be in. Okay. So let's start with this one. 
for the person who's in a job that you don't enjoy, don't think that you have something you can monetize and don't see a way out. For that person, I think what's most needed is a new paradigm about work and career and purpose. And so I'm actually gonna make a book recommendation. This isn't my book, I'm not an affiliate. I have no monetary reason to back this. I just believe in it. For that person, I'm gonna recommend that you get the Gay Hendrix classic. It's entitled The Big Leap. Yes, And that that book. book will get you into the paradigm that you're actually meant to be doing work you love and life is supposed to get better and better. So for the person stuck in the job, that's my action step for them. Get the big leap, read it, and report back to us about how it changed the way you think forever. For the person who is in the situation of, I avoid everything, I don't open the statements, I I can't check my account, whatever. This is gonna be the hardest homework of the three. I'll warn you right now. (laughs) But at some point, the person in this category is going to have to rip the Band-Aid off and get out of avoidance. There's no way to make this necessarily easy or sexy, but all I can tell you is there's power and freedom on the other side of it. And what I would recommend to that person is, you're going to have to, at some point, look at the numbers, face the facts, and just get it all out in front of you. How much are you consistently bringing in? How much is consistently going out? And how much do you owe? Again, nobody wants to do this. I know because I avoided it myself for months when I was in the worst of the money stuff, right? But it is single-handedly the most powerful thing you can do because until you have the awareness, you don't know how to move forward. So for the person who's in avoidance of everything, that's the unsexy but will change your life next step. And here's the deal. It's really not as scary as you think once the numbers are in front of you because you don't, here's the good news. You don't have to solve it all today. You don't have to feel like it's a prison. You don't have to freak out about it. And you don't have to feel like you have to solve it all today. You just need to stand in your power of knowing where you're at. By the way, this is what CEOs do. Don't don't think that this is just a low income problem. CEOs have to continually look at the numbers and know where they're at, whether or not it looks good at the moment. Step into your CEO self, look at the numbers, face the facts so you can know how to move forward. That's my action step for category two. And then category three is the person who just feels insurmountable debt, student loan debt, credit card, I don't care what it is, insurmountable debt, feels overwhelming. This action step gets really fun. My action step for this person is, Figure out what you're able to pay, whether it's the minimum or something a little bit more. Figure out what you're able to pay on that debt. Set that so it automatically happens. And it's truly not something you have to give any more energy and mental energy, especially to anymore. And then go back to the income question of how can I bring more money in? That is such a fun action step to me, Dan, because that is really what I did with my business. I had student loan debt. I had medical debt and I had credit card debt. And I faced the facts, kind of related to to action step two. I looked at what do I need to pay on each one of these to at least pay the minimum and what can I pay, Do you know, where can I pay more? I set it all up and these were little payments, right? Some of these were like $20, $30 payments, but I set up what I could be paying. And then I went back to the income question. 
So the default question in my brain every day was not, how am I going to get out of debt? How am I going to get out of debt? The default question was, how can we create and receive more income? And that question led to a much better result, which allowed me to pay off the debt. So that's my action step for category three is figure out a plan with the debt that's automated and then be done giving your mental energy to it and get back to the income question. Well, I promised people at the top of the episode that somebody's life is going to change today. And I am confident and I can say with certainty that this conversation has led to that. Stefan, you are always full of amazing wisdom. You're always uh, inspiring to follow up on social media. You're one of the ones out there who are practicing what you preach. And I know that that doesn't always happen in our space. So for people who want to get in touch with you on social media, how can they find you? And if they want to go deeper here in the money conversation with you, how do they do that? Sure. Well, all my social media links you can get to at americaslifecoach.us. Uh, I know some people are Twitter people. Some people are Instagram lovers, which I've recently become. Some people are still hanging out on Facebook, which I also really love. But you can find me on all those platforms and all the links are at americaslifecoach.us. I would also say to somebody who's really ready to do a deep dive and really heal and transform and shift this relationship, There's a program that I have available on demand. It's called Money Flow Forever, and it is a deep dive, comprehensive across the board from debt to savings to income to worry to flow. You are going to transform your entire relationship with money. Not everybody listening is honestly interested in or ready for that kind of work, and that's okay. What I want for everybody is to take your next step wherever you're at, whatever that looks like for you. But if you are ready for that comprehensive, I'm going to dedicate my time over the next three months to do this work and to change this relationship. Money Flow Forever is on my site. You're welcome to message us through any of the social media channels. My team would love to talk to you about it. But Money Flow Forever is available to you. But You know, Dan, what I want everybody to hear from me as we close today is just this. Wherever your relationship with money is at right now, understand. I don't care how bad you think it is. I've seen worse. I promise you, no matter where it is, it is subject to change. And I promise you can have a different relationship and experience with money much sooner than you think. I've seen it change for myself. I've seen it change for my clients. It does not have to take decades, and it is possible for you that one year, three years, five years, even six months from now, you could be living in a completely different reality with money. So know that it's possible and take the next step, whatever that looks like for you. You know, I've talked about it on the podcast. You know, this idea of living here in La Jolla two years ago was my 10-year plan. And here it is happening in January of this year. So when you focus and let go of the struggle, when you focus on solutions, when you take responsibility to create whatever it is in your life, whether it be financially, relationship, career, life gets really good in a hurry. And uh, Stefan, it's always great to have you on the podcast. I love you, my man. Now that I'm in Southern California, we're going to have to get the Tilias and get together this year and go do a Disney day or something. But but I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've inspired some people today and uh, we'll be sure to keep following you on social media for more inspiration. Well, thank you as always for the opportunity, Dan. And to everybody listening, just know 
You are prayed over. You have been prayed over in advance as you listen to this. And we are blessing you out of the struggle and into the flow and into the truth of who you really are. So sending everybody lots of love. Thank you so much, Dan. I was so excited to release this episode to the world today. I just love the content. Stefan is incredible and always a pleasure to have him on the podcast. So if you're feeling the content, please share this with your friends and let Stefan and I know you're listening. You can screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram and Twitter. Uh, You can tag me at CSC Dan Mason and you can find Stefan at Dr. Lovegrove. Hey, and I get it. I know there's some of you out there who've been waiting for your money situation to change before you make that investment in yourself in 2019. Maybe you're feeling a little bit different after listening to this content this week. If you are looking for a mentor to help you break through, you can find out how to get on the waiting list to work with me in February at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Just click on the application, fill it out, and we'll schedule a complimentary 30-minute discussion. Discovery call. We'll talk more about your goals this year and how coaching can help you rapidly accelerate your progress. Thank you so much for spending time with me this week. If you're moved to do so, please leave us those five-star ratings and reviews up on Apple or just give us a follow here on the iHeartRadio app. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. I love you for listening. We'll talk next week. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.